0: Do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your executive communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Well, it's the end of the calendar year, a time when many of us like to wipe the slate clean, a time when we seek to adopt new, improved habits. A new year, a new you. I'm not talking about dieting. I'm talking about cleaning out your email inbox. What do you think? I think it's the perfect time to clear out your email inbox and adopt some new habits to help you keep on top of it. In this episode, you'll hear a reboot of Talk About Talk episode number 32. In just 30 minutes, you'll learn how to reconceptualize the role of email. Plus, you'll learn some behavioral hacks to help you do two things reduce your email anxiety, and increase your general productivity. Sound good? My suggestion is this. Listen to the whole episode, then decide which two or three of these suggestions that you want to adopt. Are you ready?
1: According to research, people spend an average of two and a half hours a day on personal email and over three hours on work email. That's over five and a half hours a day. And that's crazy. So, I just counted. I have 91 emails in my inbox and 12 are unread. What about you? How many emails do you have in your inbox? Oh, that's a very personal question. I have
2: right now in my, in my company email box, I have 988 emails. Uh, although I did have a call. I met a colleague yesterday who has over 10,000 unopened.
1: You may recognize that voice. That was Baron Monet president of Per Se Brand Experience, and the Talk About Talk guest I interviewed for episode number 21, focused on communicating trust. You'll hear more from him in a minute. In this episode, you'll learn tactics and strategies to help you conquer your email inbox. My goal for us is twofold. I want to share ways that we can, one, reduce our email anxiety, and two, increase our general productivity. Sound good? I know that this is something that's probably important to you. Email anxiety is something that many Talk About Talk listeners have shared with me. I have another question for you. Do you remember life before email? I guess that depends on how old you are. The first real email system was developed in 1971 by Ray Tomlinson. Funny, you know, I haven't heard of him. I mean, at this point, we might be cursing him, but he should be famous. Seriously, what a legacy, right? Ray Tomlinson also pioneered using the at symbol, by the way. Safe to say he did change the world. Nowadays, it's difficult to remember life before email, isn't it? Email went from something that a few nerdy folks were using in universities, to a communication tool in some companies, to a cute reference in Hollywood. You've got mail. That was 20 years ago. Do you remember that sound? And the movie starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? You've got mail. There was Hotmail, and then there was Yahoo, and then Gmail, and nowadays, both companies and individuals are personalizing their email domain. Yes, by the way, I am andrea at talkabouttalk.com, just in case you want to bombard my inbox. So today, half the world's population uses email, and people complain about their email all the time. According to research, we receive an average, that's average, of over 120 emails a day, We are overwhelmed with unnecessary emails, emails that we subscribe to, spam, and the sheer size of our inbox is a huge source of stress. So in response, we now have books, articles, courses, and podcasts focused on managing email. Frankly, just skimming some of this material can be overwhelming. Trust me, because I did this for us, but it was worth it. A few weeks ago, I asked you to share with me your questions or suggestions for how to conquer your email inbox. Thanks so much to all of you who posted or emailed or called me. Listen to this. Hey, Andrea, it's Kimberly here. I hear you are doing a podcast
3: on helping to manage emails, and I'm a disaster. I have over 14,000 unread emails. Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) Okay, let me interject. First, I really appreciate Kimberly's honesty here. I also have to say, Kimberly has the best laugh, doesn't she? Here she is again. So I need some tips and tricks. I'm really good at the
3: beginning and I start to clear them out and then I get gets away from me and I need your
1: help. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. I hope that after listening to this episode, Kimberly and you will learn some perspectives that will help you conquer your inbox. There is a lot to digest here. After doing all the research in preparation for this episode, I classified the advice that I read into three categories. Behavioral changes, technology hacks, and last, tips for sending emails. So behavioral changes are actions that we can take to minimize the stress and effectively respond to important emails. Technology hacks include tips that can help us with email as well as apps, plugins, and other software. I added tips for sending emails since multiple sources that I read highlighted that if you reduce your email output, your inbox will shrink too. I'm hopeful that a few of the things that you hear in this episode will inspire you to experiment and make a change, a change that will ultimately reduce your stress and improve your productivity. As always, you can find all of the links and references in the show notes on the TalkAboutTalk.com website. Okay, let's do this. First, behavioral changes. On my quest for tips for how to conquer our inbox, I did a lot of reading. I also got some great input from Talk, About Talk listeners. Listen to this. Hi, Andrea. It's Heidi. I heard that you were looking for some email hacks for managing your email inbox.
3: I am a VP and I work in client advisory services and I manage a team. A lot of my day is focused on what is coming in through my email. So it's a huge part of my day. And if I don't manage it correctly, I will definitely have some stresses. So a couple of tips that i use. When I'm coming back from vacation, I just came back from a two-week vacation, I like to sort things by subject. And in that way, when there's a back and forth about a particular topic, I can delete six or seven emails that come before it. And then I just read the last one from the bottom up. And so I've got the full history and I don't need to go through all the back and forth that got me there. Just managing the volume is a big stress relief in and of itself. Another tip I use is I set alert for priority senders. Those priority senders would be people like my boss or my main client. It's really, really important to me that I see those emails first and that I respond to them first if they need immediate action. Finally, I manage a large team and they are driven by what comes in through their emails. My direction to them is what I do myself, particularly when I'm really busy. I will set up an hour before I get into the office and I simply respond to all emails. I then spend my time at work doing work. I don't pay attention to what's going on in my inbox. The last hour of the day, I spend on email responding to people and also setting up tasks for the next day. I don't let email rule my day and I tell my staff the same thing. It's not an always on technology. If people need to get in touch with you and they're desperate, they'll find other means such as text or phone.
1: Hope that's helpful. Talk to you soon. Love your podcast. Thank you, Heidi. What a great place to start. My favorite quote of Heidi's is that email is not an always-on technology. Let that sink in for a minute. That's consistent with my first two suggestions for behavioral changes. First, changing our definition of email. And second, blocking or batching email in our day. So first, defining the role of email. I actually considered this change in mindset regarding email over a year ago when I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast where he interviews Drew Houston, the CEO of Dropbox. Drew has a very interesting take on email. He says that most of the email we receive is OPP. What the heck is OPP? Well, OPP is Other People's Problems or Other People's Priorities. He said that he realized that while he was triaging his way through his inbox, he was actually checking off other people's to-do list. And furthermore, doing email is reactive. So that really got me thinking. And then I read from one of my favorite behavioral economists, Dan Ariely, the author of Predictably Irrational, that removing emails from your inbox is just a form of procrastination. It gives a false sense of accomplishment while putting off the real work. So it seems there's something to this. In her book entitled Unsubscribe, How to Kill Email Anxiety, Avoid Distractions, and Get Real Work Done, author Jocelyn Glee lists three psychological principles that make email so compelling. First, email has an inherently variable reward schedule. So email is like a slot machine. We never know when the important message might arrive. We keep checking, checking, checking until that dopamine hits our brain. Second, there's social debt. This one is like reciprocity. When someone takes the time to send us a message, we feel compelled to respond. And if we don't respond, we feel guilty. I know I am guilty of that. And last, the third psychological principle that makes email so compelling is the completion bias. That's pretty much what the behavioral economist Dan Ariely was describing. Whether it's sending out an email or reaching inbox zero, getting things done gives us a sense of completion. This feels good and provides us with another dopamine hit. It feels like we're making progress when really we're distracting ourselves from the real work. Adding to this theme, there was an interesting article in the New Yorker this summer entitled, Was Email a Mistake? I would suggest that email itself is not the mistake. That's not the issue. The issue is how we define email's role. So here's what I recommend you consider. Email is not something to check off of your to-do list. Doing email is not an accomplishment. Email is something that you can use to get the real work done. Email is a tool. Got it? Okay, the second behavioral change that we can make is batch our email time and turn off notifications. Consistent with this new definition of email, it might make sense to batch our email time. The listener Heidi, who you just heard, said she batches her email into two day parts. First thing in the morning and then at the end of the workday. That makes sense to me. I call this one, batch your email time and turn off notifications because they really are the same thing. Why would you have notifications turned on if you're batching? Turn off those email notifications, people. This advice was also suggested in a Harvard Business Review article that I found helpful. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Personally, I've started doing this, batching my email time, and I feel like it's one of the most effective things that you can do to tackle your inbox. I found some statistics that report that 82% of U.S. workers check their work email at least every few hours outside of normal work hours, and 90% of U.S. workers check their personal email at least every few hours during normal work hours. Wow! Can you imagine the increase in productivity if we went from checking email every few hours to doing it all in two pre-specified blocks of time? The same thing goes for social media, by the way. That may be worthy of another episode. And I have to add one caveat here. This suggestion of batching emails is not for everyone, depending on the pace and expectations of your work environment. If your boss or your client demand immediate responses, then that's just what you have to do. That said, I challenge you to try. Turn off your notifications and schedule in a block of time to do email. Then at least you'll be more conscious of the time you spend on email as opposed to being a thing you do mindlessly. Try closing your email and notifications, except for the times when you're scheduled to focus on it. Heidi also mentioned sorting by subject when you're overwhelmed with email. Personally, I've done that too, when my email inbox is getting unruly. I also found this recommendation in several sources that I read. It's a fast and effective way to delete a lot of what's in your inbox. So, use the filtering function. If there's a chain of email on a topic, only the most recent one gets to sit in your inbox. Everything else is filed, or preferably deleted. The fourth behavioral change you can make is setting alerts for high-priority senders. Heidi mentioned this too, and it makes sense. Label your top priority contacts, your clients, your boss, your spouse. Make them show up first. So when you do sit down to tackle your inbox, the high-priority senders get your attention first, and you don't get distracted by lower-priority emails. Another listener highlighted this as a suggestion as well. Listen to this. Hey,
4: Andrea, it's Richard calling, and I heard you're doing a show on managing email inboxes, and I've got a couple of hacks that I'd like to share with people. So the first is, uh, there's a way for you to uh, create some canned responses in advance. So let's just say if you're working in Gmail, you can go into settings and then advanced, and you turn on canned responses. Now, I don't love the term canned because it makes it sound like it'd be a little impersonal, but you can actually customize these as you go. So if you write a response to somebody you really like and you want to use it again in the future, you can click in those three little dots down in the bottom right corner of a Gmail reply and you'll see canned responses. You can add your existing response into an inventory of replies. And then if you want to use it again in the future, you go down and click on it and it puts it into your email. And then you can add some personal touches so that each person gets a, a nice reply. That one really speeds up getting back to people in a timely way. The second is, in Gmail I've split my inbox into two sides. One side is the list of all the different emails that I you know, receive in the day and I get well over 100. And on the right side, I've actually populated it with starred responses. So I star an email that I know is important that I have to reply to, but I don't have time to get back to them right now. And that gives me a chance to go back to it. And I also star automatically certain senders because they're important to me and I want to make sure I catch them in the long list of emails that I receive. So there you go. A couple of different hacks. Hopefully those are useful to everybody. And I just want to say, absolutely love your show. Can't wait to hear some more episodes.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Richard. So in addition to setting alerts or prioritizing key senders, he also suggested using canned responses. We'll get into that in a minute when we talk about technology. Here's another thing you can do. Unsubscribe from distribution lists that you don't read regularly. Yes, even the ones that you feel like you need to read for fear of missing out, FOMO, but you still never do. I'm not telling you to unsubscribe from everything, but rather objectively evaluate which ones you open and read and which ones you don't. The criteria isn't which ones I wish I would read. It's which ones you actually read. I can tell you that personally, there are many, many podcaster email distribution lists for podcasters, and many of them are great quality too. But I find that the daily ones are just way too much. So I took this advice and I unsubscribed from three of them. Again, I'm not saying delete all of your email subscriptions. Be selective. Ironically, when I was doing research for this episode, I also subscribe to a few emails, including the GTD or Getting Things Done newsletter from David Allen, one of the world's foremost productivity experts. Here's a question. Can you guess what the number one reason is that people unsubscribe from email distribution lists? It's actually not a tough one. This is not a trick question. Typically, people unsubscribe because they get too many emails. Here's a quick hack to help you make this unsubscribe process fast and painless. Go into your inbox now and search for the term unsubscribe. Look at the list of emails that comes up and chop or unsubscribe from anything that you don't read regularly. Keep in mind that most, if not all, of that content is available online anyway and you really don't need it cluttering up your inbox. Here's the next thing you can do to conquer your inbox if you haven't done it already, and that's creating different email addresses. You could have one for work, one for online shopping, and a personal email address for family and friends. Here's Baron Monet again, this time with his description of using multiple email addresses and more.
2: There's sort of three things that I try and think about. The first one is who I give my name to. So I have multiple email addresses based on what I'm using email for. Obviously, corporate email, my business email, and I have a couple of different personal emails. For example, personal interest signups or subscriptions. I find using multiple emails allows me to segment who's sending me what and where so I can know what's worth my time. Um, I think technology can really help. I have email schedulers. So when an email comes up, do I want to deal with it right now? Do I need to get some more consensus? Or do I want to put it off for a later date where I can think about it and respond more appropriately? So I, I actually use an email program called Spark. And that allows me to uh, hit, you know, reminder and flag different emails at different times. And then ongoing is, I think, filing, like getting rid of those emails. You know, is it, do you have to save it? If so, great. How are you going to find it later? Or can you delete and clean out as much as possible? Because uh, so much of what we are saving, we don't need. So those are the three things that I think help me survive the email horror apocalypse.
1: Barron also mentions filing emails immediately. This suggestion gets a lot of traction from productivity experts based on what I've read. It's actually two things. It's setting up folders or files, and it's only touching emails once. So set up your folders and use them. And remember that less is more. I mentioned the productivity guru, David Allen, and his GTD or getting things done. David suggests deleting, responding in two minutes or less, delegating, or deferring each email. Now, deferring means adding to your to-do list, which should also be avoided, right? I put a link to the Getting Things Done book in the show notes for you. If you're like me, you may have a lot of folders. The advice I read was to minimize the number of folders we keep. We exaggerate in our minds the significance of each email and particularly the importance of where it should be filed. So, keep it simple and minimize the number of folders you have. Once you've sorted or filed the emails, you can always use the search function to find emails, right? The other part of this suggestion is to only touch each email once. It's the Ohio rule. Only handle it once. Have you heard of that? Move every email out of your inbox the first time you read it. According to David Allen and Getting Things Done, we should only take action on emails when we know it'll take less than two minutes. This actually reminds me of Gretchen Rubin, who I'm a big fan of. She's the happiness guru, and she encourages us to do anything immediately that will take less than one minute be it responding to an email or putting your dishes in the dishwasher or whatever it is. That's the one minute rule. So she says one minute, David Allen says two minutes, you get the idea. Okay, so that's using folders and only touching each email once, the Ohio rule. The next suggestion may seem drastic. It is drastic. But if you're like Kimberly, who we just heard at the beginning of this episode, and again, whom I admire for her honesty, this might be the best place to start. What is it? delete your inbox. Several sources that I found suggested that deleting your entire inbox and starting from zero is a great option for some people. Start with a clean slate and new habits. For some time, inbox zero was a goal that seemed to get a lot of traction, but it's fallen out of favor now. Again, email is a tool, not a project, right? Still, having zero emails in your inbox might reduce your stress. If your inbox is truly unruly, I suggest that you copy your entire inbox into a folder called Archive and the date. Then you can start with a clean slate, armed with these suggestions for how to manage your inbox effectively. Okay, that's it for behavioral changes we can make to conquer our inbox. We covered eight things. Do you remember what they are? There's redefining the role of email, batching your email time and turning off notifications, sorting by subject and filtering when you're feeling overwhelmed, setting alerts for high-priority senders, unsubscribing from emails that you rarely read, creating different email addresses for different purposes, using folders and only touching each email once, and last, if all else fails, deleting or at least archiving your inbox. Now, technology hacks. Some of the things we've discussed might be considered technology hacks, like say turning off notifications, prioritizing key senders, or setting up your folders. These are all tech-related things that we can set up once, and then forget about it. The Talk About Talk listener, Richard, who you heard a few minutes ago, also suggested setting up canned responses. What are canned responses? Well, if there's a message that you send over and over again, you don't need to write it from scratch every time. You can reuse what you've already written by making a template or a canned response. Richard highlighted that this might seem impersonal, but you can customize the email, so don't worry about that. Thank you for this suggestion, Richard. I realize this hack is definitely one that I should adopt. I need to do this. I have a few emails that I send regularly, particularly when I'm setting up interviews with guest experts. I find I'm rewriting the same email over and over again, convincing myself that it's getting better every time. But it's not. It's just wasting my time. So I'm going to try this. A few examples of other types of emails that you may send frequently might include thanks, but I'm not interested, or maybe a confirmation receipt, or maybe an email with your bio and social media and contacts in it. Once you have these email templates set up, you can reply to messages that would otherwise take up unnecessary time without even thinking about it, letting you focus on real work. Now, on to other tech hacks. First, there's a few tech-related things that you can set up once and then forget about, including turning off notifications, prioritizing key senders, and setting up your folders. You can also set up canned responses, as Richard suggested. And then there are the email apps and solutions, including Superhuman, Spark, and Slack. Now, moving on to the last part, tips on sending email. Here's the thing. We don't want to add fuel to this email fire, do we? Here are three simple ways to optimize our sent email. First, make it short and get to the point up front in your email. We all know you can write and you have lots of amazing things to share, but now is not the time. Not an email. If we all reduce our verbiage by 50%, could you imagine the impact? And this is contagious. Others will follow you. Humans adapt their words and their communication styles to conform to their in-groups. You might even consider joining the five sentences movement. Challenge yourself to never write more than five sentences in any email. Anything beyond five sentences is a phone call or an in-person meeting. In addition to saving other people's time, shorter emails also have a higher likelihood of getting a response. Yay! A study conducted by Boomerang showed that emails between 50 and 125 words had the highest return rate. There is one caveat here. Don't make the emails so short that people think you're being short with them. That's just rude. We need to be polite, and we also need to be concise. Okay, what else? How about customizing the title of your email to be more specific and action-oriented? Two pieces of research that I found concluded that the open rate and response rate to emails increases when the subject line is customized. Customizing your email title will help the receiver focus quickly on the subject matter, and it might also help you find the email later in your sent email folder in case you need to find it. The email title could be anything from Not Urgent, Just Checking In, to Response Required, Approval of Documents, Please. Personally, I do this when I'm booking Talk About Talk interviewees, So, for example, I'll title the email, Confirming October 10th, 10 a.m. Talk About Talk Podcast Interview. That way, it's clear what the email is about and it reinforces the details. The last thing to remember is to minimize the number of emails you send and the number of receivers that you include for each of your emails. Ask yourself first, do I really need to respond? If not, file or delete it. If you do need to reply, ask yourself whether everyone on the email really needs to be copied. Your default should be, no, they do not. Try not to copy so many people. Remember, the more you send, the more you receive. And we don't need research to tell us this. It just makes sense. Email is like karma. You get what you give. There you are. Three simple ways to optimize your sent email. First, keep it concise. Second, customize the title. And third, reduce the number of emails that you send and the number of people that you copy. Okay, that's it. We've covered a lot here, including behavioral changes that you can make to conquer your inbox, some technology hacks that you can set up, and then a few ways to optimize your sent emails. Remember, as I said in the beginning, we had two goals for this episode. First, to minimize our stress, and second, to highlight some ways to help us effectively respond to important emails in a timely manner. I've highlighted many things for you to consider here. There's a one pager in the show notes that lists them all. Yes, succinctly. You're welcome. So, what are you gonna try first? Let me tell you what I've started doing thanks to my research for this episode. I'm now thinking about email as a tool, not a project. I've also started batching my email time. That's a big one. And just today, I unsubscribed from three daily email subscriptions. Over the next few days, I'll create some canned responses and I think I'll set up another email address and use it for subscriptions and online shopping. That just makes sense. What about you? What actions will you take to tackle your inbox? please email. Yes, email me. Or you can post on social media and let me know. I really would love to hear what you tried and how it goes. So now's when I ask you to sign up for the Talk About Talk free weekly email newsletter. That may seem like a contradiction, but let me tell you why it won't add to your email clutter. This email is weekly, never more than once a week, and it's short I always make it as concise as possible, including links if you want to learn more about how to become a more effective communicator. All right, that's it. Thanks again for listening and talk soon.